to the media, to all those that work to make this happen, to the sanitation engineers who make sure that we're in a safe environment. Amen. Pray with me as I try to sum up the whole 27th Psalm and where we've been and the thoughts that I, I think we ought to come out with. Amen. I'm not going to read the scripture because I will be working my way through it. So you don't need to stand. Amen. The thought that I want to bring to us is experiencing the assurance of God's presence. And they had no clue what I was going to preach. Hallelujah. Will you bow with me in prayer? Father, even now, Lord, you do what you want to do as we surrender to your will, to your power. Even now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As I have stated from the beginning, this psalm is David's journal. He is writing it as he is experiencing life, trouble, life in danger, being chased by his mentor, the, the, the army that is chasing him. Most of them has been trained by him. Here he is in a place where he never thought he would be. My question is, is, is how did he approach his trouble this way? What can we learn from David so that we can apply these truths in our lives? Because let me just be honest with you. If you're saved, you're not exempt from trouble. In fact, it seems like the closer you get to God, the more trouble going to come your way because Satan is going to test your faith. Talk to your neighbor and say, it's a test. It's a test of your faith. Satan is always going to see if you trust God like you say you trust God. Hallelujah. You know what? No, Satan don't make an announcement that is him. But he comes through circumstances, situations, people. You know, God will allow you to get in a place where you never thought you was going to be. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever asked yourself, how did I get here? That is in the background of the thought. There's a tension in the text. And the tension in the text is, is the goodness of God when you're facing terrible circumstances. When your circumstance doesn't add up to what you know about him. David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The David, 
The strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Now watch it. He said, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foe came upon me, they stumbled and fell. You know what David's saying? David's saying when, which means past tense, I'm using what I've been through to encourage me now. <laughs> what I've been through wasn't wasted. I have learned from my battle with the bear. I have learned from my battle with the lion. I learned something about God with my battle with Goliath. So I'm using my experience of God showing up in my past. And it is helping me. Even though I don't see him right now. It's helping me to know that my God is able. Your past ought to give you faith for tomorrow. Oh, shut your mouth. Your, your past ought to give you faith for today. I don't understand when, when we have survived through many things and we talk with no faith. And we act with no faith. Can, 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 can. Don't allow your circumstances, your experiences to determine how you see God. Some of us as Christians are walking around like this. When I put these on, y'all changed. I'm not sure who I'm looking at or what I'm looking at. And the truth of the matter is, many of us are walking around looking at the world, looking at God, because we are allowing our past experiences to, to determine our view of God when God, the character of God, ought to be determined how we view the world. These are prescription glasses and things just cleared up. When you have a, 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 a theological view of God, you can see through trouble more clearly. You don't allow your circumstance, your feelings, your pain, your disappointment to color who God is. <laughs> I'm afraid that, that we have Americanized the gospel. Let me explain. David, in the Psalms, in the Old Testament saints, has a view of God that is taken from Moses in Exodus 34 when, when Moses asked to, to see God's glory and God comes down and what he does is he begins to speak who he is, his character. This verse of Exodus 34 is like our verse of John 3.16. 
This verse is quoted, referred to more times in the Old Testament more than any verse. Every Jew knew this verse. It is God describing his character, who he is. So, so when they, Israel, viewed God, they viewed him from this verse. What do you view God from? What is the basis of your truth? Cause, cause, because you hear everything that God got a lightning bolt in his hand ready to strike you down. We see God as against us and not for us. The Hebrew word for compassion, it literally means I got you in my womb. Funny, I was talking to my daughter-in-law, who is someone I just called my daughter. She's like six months pregnant. She said, I can tell dad when he's hungry. <laughs> so she said, I was, she, was, she was eating, I said, what's he doing now? It's like he's kicking his leg because he's happy. Because I'm eating, he's eating. <laughs> and she says, after he eats, he goes to sleep. He's in her womb. And everything that she eats goes to him. And he'll let her know when he's hungry. Do you see yourself in God's womb? Do you sense that, that he, that you all up in him and he's all up in you and that everything before it gets to you, it came from him? Do you see him as your source? David, the reason why he's able to talk like this in trouble is that he's connected. This is an iPad with an with a iPad line. I even got an iPad, whatever this is. Charger. The problem is, it's not coming up, it's being charged. And the reason why it's not being charged, because it's not plugged up. There's a whole lot of Christians got right doctrine that come to church every Sunday that know the right word to say, but they haven't plugged in to their power source. Listen, your joy comes from being plugged in. Your peace comes from being plugged in. Your strength comes from being plugged in. If, if you don't have peace and joy, it's not about your circumstances. The question is, are you plugged in? Talking to somebody, it might have been Dale, because we talk about cars. He, and they were talking about, I took my car to the shop, and you know, I, I changed out the starter because it wouldn't start. So, so I had it towed, and they said, I'm about ready to get the alternator changed out. 
because we couldn't figure out what was wrong. Battery checked out. He said the mechanic, just by chance, took off the connectors that connects to the terminal of the battery. Now, from top level, it looked good. But up underneath, it was corroded. So though it looked like it was connected, though it appears though it was connected, because of our dis, because of our distrust, we can't believe. Listen, 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 listen. listen. Life will disappoint you. I remember, young in the ministry, and, and I, was, I was right where God told me to be, and, and I, I was obedient what he told me to be, but it did not turn out. Matter of fact, matter of fact, God even told me, it ain't going to be what you think it's going to be. You know what I feel like saying? You betrayed me. You, you twisted my arm, and, and can I be honest with you? For about a year, I stood aloof, still doing what I do. Still ministering, still, still doing all that. But it wasn't until God began to say, just because you went too far, uh, somebody didn't hear me. When God gives us a little bit, we go all the way down the road. <laughs> Who told you it was going to be like that? Who told? And then we get mad at God because we misinterpret. He's a lamp unto my feet. He shows us the very next step. And when God started dealing with me, it was like Job. I babbled things that I had no understanding of. Lord, I thought I knew, now I understand I don't know. Lord, forgive me because I misread you. Your plan is greater than my plan. Your way is greater than my way. David understands this. Verse 3, though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise again. He is not saying it won't. He's saying it will. You know what? You have to expect trouble. Listen, we're living in a fallen world with fallen people, with a fallen devil that is going to try his best to impede your faith. Just because you're active from God don't mean that trouble won't come your way. I hate to tell you this, but the devil know your address. Look at David's expectation. 
Look at what he says at the end of three, in the beginning of four. He said, in this I will be confident. He, he's not saying, I'm confident in self. He's not saying, I'm confident in other people. He, he's not saying, uh, most of us think we got it. You know what I'm learning? The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. If Paul can say, who wrote most of the New Testament, if him who would be the hero of faith in the New Testament can say, I have not apprehended the very thing he has apprehended me for, I am still pressing. Don't ever think you have arrived. Don't ever think you got it. Don't ever think you know it. There has to be an attitude of dependency. Most of us are too arrogant for God to talk to us. You know, as long as you think you know God, he ain't saying nothing. As long as you think you got it, God gonna let you go ahead and think you got it. As long as you think you're right, God's gonna let you sit there in your mess. Listen, and you don't even have to have Mess can be your attitude. By fact, it begins in our thinking. And we could be looking at somebody and say, I'm sure glad I'm not that drunk. At least he knows he's drunk. We're in worse shape when we don't know that we don't know that we don't know. I wonder why God puts up with us. And the only question I can come to, Lord, you must love me. <laughs> Lord, thank you for loving me. The Old Testament saints believer had a handle on this character of God. Lord, you are so compassionate that I'm in your womb. That, Lord, you so invested in us. And you want to feed us. The, 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 the scripture also gives another picture of a baby as a mother who is nursing her baby. And God said, I'm nursing you. So hold on. The mother gives from her life the milk that the baby needs. Can I ask you a personal question? Are you nursing from God? Are you supplying your own source? There's a lot of us walking around. Power! Peace! Joy, wisdom. The, the problem is I'm plugged in in the wrong place. I, I, I can't generate that in myself. I need a power greater than me to plug into in order to give me what I don't have. And I can't plug in and plug out. That's what 
the Gospel of John chapter 15 is really all about. He says, my life source is flowing through you and what I want to see when I see you, I don't want to see your good works. I don't want to see your self-effort. I don't want to see that you think you're a good Christian. What I want to see is my character flowing through you by the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. He gave us, he downloaded his character in us so we can walk with him. Look what he says. He said, he said, he said, 14, he said, he who has my commandment and keeps them. Watch this. Look, me, me, me and Kenny was talking this morning and, 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 and we came to this. You of yourself can't keep his commandments. Let's move that out the way. Because the commandments, keeping the commandment is not outward show, it's inward loving him. It starts with the first one. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Until we get that, we can't do none of the rest. We become like a Pharisees who do it outwardly, but inwardly our heart is messed up. And watch this, and if you love him, if we love him, God will lead you to love other people. Can't do this without being full of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, love, long-suffering, gentleness, self-control. That's the power, that's the character of Jesus flowing through us because of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, he says in Psalm 37, 5, he said, delight yourself in the Lord, and I will give you the desires of your heart. David says, there's one thing I'm confident in. Verse 4, there's one thing I desire. Lord, it's you. Can I ask you a question? Are we chasing him? for what's in his hand and not for what's in his heart. Sometimes we got, we got to ask the question, why, why, why am I chasing him? Or am I chasing him? Am I okay with where I'm at? Because if you are, you don't really see him clearly. Am I walking around like this? And I want to be like this. God would deal with us to get us where we need to be so he can correct our vision. But we have to want him to. We have to begin to realize he's the source of our everything. Now listen, not what he had, he is. There is an experience. Here, 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 here go Peter preaching to the Jewish people in Acts. And, and he says this. He says, he said, repent and give your life to Jesus. And he will send you times of ref 
refreshing. Times of refreshing is when God manifests himself to you. He says, I come to make my abode in you. Me and the Father. There's times when, 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 you, when you are down and out and, and, and you are seeking him. Don't you know God will show up and show out without changing your circumstances and make you good? I know some people, I, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have walked with some people who, who, who are going through the hardest things in life and they got so much joy. Going through tremendous sickness and anything can happen anytime. And, and, and they like a light that is on bright. And it's not based on their circumstances. It's not based on their happenstance. They are living with a bad report. That's not going to get no better. But by the way, they live. By the joy, they have. By the peace, by, 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 by just God's presence all over them. You would never know what they're going through by, 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 by the way they are lit up. If you, if you knew this story, you wouldn't understand because they act contrary to what they're going through. But that's the power of God. That's the, that's the excellency of God. That's him who works beyond circumstances. Anybody can be happy with good circumstances. But can you be full of joy? Can you be a delight when everything is going wrong? Can, can you smile when everything is going wrong? Can you bless other people when your outward life is messed up? Is the inside greater than the outside? Is the reality of your God real to you when your circumstances it's contrary to what you're going through. I guess what I'm asking, are we connected? Are we connected to the power of God? Are we experiencing the reality of who he is? That's greater than what he has. There's a reality of God that will blow your mind. And God wants us to experience him. Because when we want what he has more than we want him, we are pimping God. I think that that's why sometimes he makes us wait. I think that's sometimes where God don't answer prayers right away. Because he wants us to see where we really are. Because if God don't do what we want him to do, the way we want him to do it, the time that we want him to do it in, we have a holy attitude with God. Now, how can you have a holy attitude with God? I don't know, but uh, 
God is trying to get us to the place. David said, in the time of trouble, you shall hide me in your pavilion, in the secret of your tabernacle. He shall hide me and set me upon the rock. Listen, the, the tabernacle is him, the pavilion is him, and the rock is him. Notice what David keeps on pointing to. Notice what David is finding satisfaction in. Notice what David's desire is. Notice where his hope is. Notice where his confidence is. Now, now he could be, he could say, you know, you, you, you promised me I was going to be king. He's not even talking about him being king. He's not talking about the promises. He's not talking about being blessed with earthly stuff. David is taking what Moses wrote and saying, Lord, it's you that I need. Because in the New Testament, we don't understand that John 3.16 comes from Exodus 34 of God saying, this is who I am. We don't relate it to the character of God. We don't see how good he is. We don't see that it's him all the time. I, I, think, I, think, I think that sometimes we need a good wrestling with God. Ask Jacob. Jacob was raised up in the right type of family. He had the right type of blessing, but he still didn't know God. He kept aloof from God because he didn't trust God. Though he had all the blessing of God and God loved him, Jacob wasn't that in love with God. It wasn't until God put him in trouble. He couldn't go back to where he came from because his uncle and his sons were trying to kill him. And where he was heading to, Esau said, I'm going to kill you too. So he had no other place to go but up on a mountain all by himself and God showed up. God will get you by yourself move everyone else out the way just to get you to open up to him. My mom used to say this to me. She would, she would, she would, she would do stuff to frustrate me. I said, mom, why are you trying to frustrate me? And this is what she said. Tracy, I can't read you until I make you upset. I'm trying to figure where you are because I can't read you. You know what God does? Not that he can't read us. He's trying to show us us. Instead of throwing a temper tantrum on somebody else, you need to throw a temper tantrum with God so that God can say, you through yet? <laughs> you ready to talk now? You ready to come up under my covering? You ready for me to show you what I have and what I have done, what I've done? When God got through talking with Job, he said, what I thought I knew was rumors. But now I see and I hear. You're greater 
than I ever thought you were. You're more terrible than I could imagine. Forgive me from talking too much. I thought I knew something. But now that you have brought me through, I realize I don't know nothing. All it takes is God to say one word and it will blow your mind. Paul, come here. Tell us your story. After all that I did, after writing most of the New Testament, after being used more than anybody else in the New Testament, there was a thorn in my flesh. It was Satan. He attacked me. He abused me. He beat me. So I went to my Heavenly Father. I mean three different times. I mean three seasons of time. And he wouldn't answer me. He said, but the third time, he spoke up and he said, my grace, my grace, my favor, my presence, my power, my peace, my joy. He said, if you got me, Paul, don't matter what's attacking you because I'm greater than your problem. I'm greater than your disappointment. I'm greater than your hurt. He's greater than what you've been through. He's greater than what you're facing. Our God, my God, is an awesome God. His grace will hold you. His grace will keep you. I don't know how he does it. All that I know, his grace. Know what I learned? Don't try to be strong. Don't try to handle it. In your weakness, he'll show up when you don't know what to do. He'll show up in your tears. He'll show up when you run to him. Surrender to him. Not my way, but your way. David says something. He says, Lord, teach me your way. That's an acknowledgement. I don't know. I'm dependent on you. What the last time you laid out before him? What the last time you said, change me? It's not them. It's me. It's not them. Because if I'm in right position, plugged up, they wouldn't get on the inside. Can't nobody steal your peace. Can't nobody steal your joy. There is the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Greater the test on the outside. Greater is the power on the inside. Prove it. Let me prove it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Even if the devil himself come at you, the Holy Spirit will rise up 
on the inside of you and show out just for you. David says, I'm waiting not for the promise. I'm waiting not to become king. But I'm waiting for him to show up in me. To strengthen me. To give me joy in me. To give me hope in me. To transform me. Listen, and I'm done. God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten son to be a sacrifice. He had a soul in his womb. He sent the second person of the Godhead to become one of us, to do for us what we couldn't do ourselves. That's compassion. That's love. That's how much he loved it. He gave it all. He gave it all. Because he had you in his womb. Do you know him? Are you trying to get the God some other way and not coming through Jesus Christ? Have you unplugged yourself because you think you know? Because <laughs> you're mad at God. This is why I say, work it out with God. <laughs> because you need him. And get plugged up. That's your power source. Take off what you think you know and let God give you corrected vision. <laughs> These ministers here, if you're in the house, they will talk with you. They will share with you. Amen? Those of you that are viewing, if you call the 513-451-31, somebody will get back with you. A minister will minister to you. Oh, he's good. Oh, he's excellent. His way is past finding out. Oh, he loves you. You, he's impregnant with you. Trust him. Like David. I wait on you, Lord. I'm confident in you, Lord. My expectation is you, Lord. Not in what you can do, but in who you are. Give God some praise in the house.